0: Lord God, we thank you for who you are, Lord, for, for all you do in our lives, God, for your presence in our lives. God, we do pray uh, for next weekend, Lord, for the barbecue, that we can have a great time together as a church family and just worshiping you outside in a different environment with our whole congregation together in one service. And God, we pray for your blessing on, on that service, Lord, on the weather, on those that, that are invited to come. Lord, we pray that you would bring people uh, just to the foot of your cross, Lord, next week. And Lord, we pray again for your blessing over that day. We pray for all of the, all of the logistics, Lord, from the weather to, to the sound and setup and food and, and games, Lord, uh, but it's just all for your glory. And Lord, we just are looking forward to it. And Lord, we thank you for the book of Hebrews, Lord, for the study that we've taken throughout the summer. And Lord, I pray uh, this morning that as we open up your word and as we look at, at Hebrews chapter 12, God, that you would open our eyes and our hearts to what you need us to see today. And God, we, we just pray. Lord, for your spiritual work, Lord, within each of our hearts, Lord, within our church at Faith Journey, Lord, within every church in this community, Lord, and in this valley and state and around the world, Lord, we just pray for you to be glorified, God, and for you to speak to us. Lord, we thank you for your word and for the truth that it holds. And as we open it this morning as we continue to worship you, God, through, through, uh, through study of your word. I pray, God, that you would open our eyes and hearts to everything we need to hear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So just as previously stated, we are uh, on the downhill run of the book of Hebrews. And we started this all the way at the beginning of the summer. They said, I I kicked it off. And then Pastor Brian and Pastor Ben took you through the summer while I was away. And now these last few weeks, we are into this final section of the book. As we've looked at at, um, the rest of 10, uh, last week at chapter 11, today at chapter 12, and then next week, we wrap it up with chapter 13. And our theme for this series is really the theme verse for the entire book of Hebrews is found in Hebrews 13, verses 8 and 9, where it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So do not be attracted by strange new ideas, for your strength comes from God's grace, not from rules about food, which don't help those who follow them. Again, the theme of Hebrews is that the Christ is supreme. Right? That he is, he is our Messiah, he is our Savior, he is God you know, indwelled in flesh, he is our example to follow, he is the destination of our journey. Right? That the goal of our faith is to be holy like he is holy. And we see this theme run all the way through the book of Hebrews, even as it addresses these main crises that are, that are coming into the church, which this letter addresses, it addresses a, a stark decline in faith a decline in love, and a, and a decline in commitment. And yet, with all of this, it comes with a tone of hope. As it, as it is written to believers that are, are straying, it, it, it addresses the fact they've not strayed to the point of walking away completely. And it, and it comes as a warning, right, to refresh your zeal for God and for his church. And as we've seen, uh, again, through the the, the early chapters of the letter, it just lays a strong foundation of, of historical reasons and, and experiential reasons and, and, and all of these different reasons why we can put our faith in God and that that faith is a solid place that brings hope into our lives. And now these last few weeks, as we've we've gotten into this final section of the book, it gets very practical, it brings up a lots of life daily situations and how we should apply all the information that we've learned throughout the book of Hebrews. And you might feel like I have for those last few weeks, and even today as we jump into chapter 12, it has felt like we've been drinking from a fire hose, right? There's just so much coming at us and, and so much to apply and so much to carry out and to do these things, and, and I will tell you the same is true in chapter 12. So we're going to jump right into it. If you have your Bible with you, I invite you to open with me to Hebrews chapter 12. We are going to read verses uh, 1 through 13. If you're with us in person and don't have your own Bible, there are Bibles provided for you that so you can grab out of the seats. But uh, we're going to read, again, this, this section as we jump, uh, build on top of this, this hall of faith we looked at last week. And then starting uh, at, in chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore... Now, again, when we see that phrase, what do we know? We know that, okay, we're building on top of what we just learned, right? We just had this hall of faith, right? All these people, this definition of faith. And it says, because of that, it says, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people, and then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. And have you forgotten the encouraging words that God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who was never disciplined by his father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and are not really his children at all. Since we, are respected, since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best that they knew how. But God disciplined us is always good for us, so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet, so that those who are weak and lame will not fall, but become strong. As we read these words and these, again, encouraging words, um, like I said, they come with a tone of hope, and yet they also give us a fine dose of truth, don't they? Sometimes the truth is a little bit hard to hear. And yet we start this section, this, is therefore as we build on top of, uh, of the challenge we got in 10 and then the, the, the whole faith in chapter 11, here we have start with the, the intro into this, this le- next section of chapter 12, right, with verses one and two, where it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. And we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Now, I wanted to read these two verses again, because these are, are chock full of important theological truths. Okay, these, these teach us a lot about who God is, teach us a lot about who we are, and about how we apply all of this stuff, right? How we live out this hope that we find through our faith. This, this verse, again, um, builds up. It, it starts you know, back and, and it, it zooms forward, but, but, and it, it ends, you know, builds up to the most important thing that we can never forget. And yet, as we examine these verses, I want to look, them in, look at them in reverse order from the way the verse presents it. Okay, the, the most important thing, I'm going to put the most important thing first, right, where the verse kind of puts it last. Okay, the most important thing is to know that the key to life and faith is Jesus. Okay, the key to life and faith is Jesus. Okay, now the answer really is Jesus. Right? we always you know sit back and we're like that's kind of the joke right well the answer to every question in church is Jesus right but it's not just in church by the way right the answer to life's problems is Jesus okay? the answer to to struggles in faith is Jesus right the, the struggles that we find emotionally is Jesus okay? and and again that there's, a reason, there's always some truth to jokes, isn't there? Right? That's why they're funny, usually. They, and, and again, the, the answer actually is Jesus. That's the most important thing, right? That's the destination of our journey. That is core value number one. And it always needs to be. The, the, the key to life and faith is, is Jesus. And just as this verse tells us, right, he is the champion of our faith. He initiates our faith. He perfects our faith. Who wants to sign up for that journey? I do. Right As we see this, right, it starts with Jesus, and then we continue down this road. But because of Jesus, right, when we are, are in Jesus, when we receive Jesus, The salvation and the forgiveness and the grace and the mercy that he freely offers us through the cross and his resurrection. When we accept him as our savior and we submit to his authority in our lives, right? When we die to ourselves and invite him into our lives, right? We join the journey of faith and then we start down this new path of figuring out what it really means and how we apply it into our lives to to walk with Jesus every day. Right? And that's when we start this this journey of faith. And as we start in that journey and we start to move forward every day and as God transforms our hearts and transforms our minds, that, that he gives us a purpose and a plan for your life. He gives you a reason to wake up in the morning. He gives you a reason to keep striving. He gives you, gives you a reason to, to fight through even when torrential rains come, right? Even when no matter what comes into your life, that, that, that you have a reason to keep going. Right, and we can refer back to everything we learned even in the last few chapters, right? This world's not our home. I mean, we understand that the culture is moving further away from what God wants from us and, and how we live as foreigners in this land and, and all this kind of things, right? We build all of this to know that God has a purpose and a plan for you. And again, even as Donna Karen talked about the, all the world religions that they work with, right? That's the difference is that this, the God of the Bible, Jesus loves you and he has a plan for you and he wants the best for you. And you don't even have to earn it, right? You, God has a plan; He gives you a purpose, right? But it starts with Jesus first, and then then He starts to transform us, right? And he gives us a purpose and a plan, and, and that's a big part of our journey is figuring out what that plan is, right? And then and then we're obedient to it when God shows us the next step. And and then it, it talks about you know the 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 where. Again, the first thing that the verses give us, which is as we step back again, is we, we get um, and learn and are told to get rid of anything that hinders this journey. Just get rid of it. Get it out of your life. Okay? And, and in fact, it says, right, it says to strip it off. Right? Get, get it as far away from you as possible. It says anything that's slowing you down. Get rid of it. Get it out of your life. And notice it says, anything, get rid of it. It says, especially the sin that's tripping you up. Again, it calls that out, right? It's like, okay, Lord, maybe that's a question you need to ask God. God, what's tripping me up? Right, what's holding me back, Lord, that I don't even see? Show me, Lord, open my eyes to that so I can... Get rid of it. Right? Just anything that gets between me and Jesus, I, I just need to, I need to get rid of it. Right? It doesn't matter how easy or how hard that might be. Fight for it. Strip it off. Get rid of that weight. Be set free. Let the chains be broken. They're holding you back from being transformed by Jesus. And moving forward in that journey and then in the following verses that we already read right in verses uh, three through 11 we get we get a bunch of advice on how to accomplish these three truths in our lives and, and the the first bit of advice we get on on how can we accomplish these and make sure these are true in our lives the first thing we are told is just don't give up right, just keep going but even, even if it feels like you're taking two steps forward and then three steps back, just get back on the horse and keep moving. Don't give up. Don't give up. Right, Hebrews, again, 12 verses 3 and 4. It says, Think of all the hostility that he endured for sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not been given up your lives in the struggle against sin. Again, where are we supposed to go? Our focus is back on Jesus. If you're struggling, if you're tempted to give up, focus back on Jesus. What did Jesus do for you? He gave his life. And guess what? And that it just refocuses your your perspective, doesn't it? It's like, well, I'm still breathing. Right? So that means I gotta keep going. (laughs) Right? Because Jesus has led the way. Right? Jesus didn't give up. And I'm so thankful he didn't. Right? But he didn't. And we see in verses 5 and 6, it quotes Proverbs. Okay? In fact, if you want to read it in the original verses, it's Proverbs 3, verses 11 and 12. Right? It just encourages us to just keep going. Don't give up. Right? Keep going. The, the next big bit of advice that we get um, is in chapter or verse 7, right? where we are told to remember the, your identity as God's child. They never forget your identity, your real identity. If you are in Christ, you have been adopted as his child. Not just adopted, I mean, you've been restored as his child. That was your original creation, right, was his child. And if we pushed that away, right, and we were strange, but now he says, nope, you received Christ, you are reconciled with your creator. Right? And that is your identity, and never doubt that. Get, look at our world today. Where are they attacking? They're making everything else about your identity, aren't they? Right, have you heard the phrase sexual identity? Uh, your, career is your, identity. Right, your your careers your identity? Your bank account is your identity. Right, the position you hold becomes your identity. None of it's supposed to be your identity. Your identity is God's child. Right? And so never forget that. Again, verse 7, it says, as you endure divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who was never disciplined by his father? Well, I, I might have come across a few children that need, have not been disciplined by their father. <laughs> right? But think, he's saying, it's like, hey, never forget that you are God's child. Right? And, and, and especially even when God's challenging you, when God's calling you out, when God's saying, hey, you are not fulfilling what, what I want you to do, right? that is, a, in fact, that should be a source of hope. I'm right? saying that God loves me enough to tell me the truth. right, And to call me out when I need to be called out. right? Because he loves you. Right? And you are his child. Never forget that identity. And don't let the world tell you your identity is in anything else other than Jesus. The next bit of discipline we get, or, or sorry, advice that we get, is to remember that discipline is good for you. Remember that discipline is good for you. In fact, when you think about this word discipline, that's not a word that we really like, is it? I think even as a parent, I don't like the word discipline. Right? it's hard. It's it, you know, it's it's easier to just not discipline your children in the moment, right? But it's way harder long term, isn't it? As parents know, right. Back to, as you see, that's you know part of it. That's kind of I remember we got some advice from those that raised boys, right? When our boys were really little, and the advice was discipline them when they're little, and you won't have to when they're older. And I'll say that's pretty true. It's played out pretty well for us. We still have to discipline them sometimes, yeah. But not as much as we see other people having to discipline them, right? But to say, again, remember that discipline is good for you, right? The the motivation behind God disciplining you is that he loves you, and he wants you to grow, and he wants you to be a good child right, that honors him, right, and that, 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 that keeps pain out of their life and all those kinds of things, right? God's discipline are the guardrails on the road of life that keep you from falling off the edge, right? And we should be thankful for it. Right, again, the last part of verse 10 tells us that God's discipline is always good for us. I encourage you to underline and circle that phrase, always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. Again, what's the goal of our faith? To be made holy like he's holy. And we see, again, this advice on how we can make these things true in our lives. And then the last one that we get that concludes this section is verses 12 and 13. And that's where that advice is more than advice, right? It's encouragement. It says, get renewed back to strong. If you don't feel strong, Get renewed, back to strong. Right? If you're struggling in your faith, if you're struggling in any way. Get renewed, back to strong. Do all these things that, that has been given to us. Right, make Jesus and think never question your identity. Receive God's this. I mean, all these kinds of things, and they culminate right into verses twelve and thirteen. So take a new grip with those tired hands and strengthen those weak knees. Right, mark out that straight path for your feet. So that those who are weak and lame will not fail, but become strong. In fact, you look at this what's given to us in verse 12, it tells us we need to be renewed physically. right If your hands are weak, get strength. if your knees are aching, like renew them, right Get renewed physically. Hey okay, verse 13 tells us we've got to get renewed mentally and emotionally and spiritually. Mark out that path. Right? Like, talk to God. Like, God, let's, let's figure it out. Let's mark it out, right? Where does my heart need to go? Where does my mind need to go? Where, where does my faith need to go? And God, lead me in that. Get renewed physically, get renewed emotionally, get renewed um, spiritually, mentally, and get back to strong. Because God does not want you to go through life beaten and broken and weak. That is not God's will for you. Right? In fact, right? John 10.10 10 tells us that's the enemy's will for you, is to steal, kill, and destroy. Right? He wants you to go through life weak and destroyed and discouraged and questioning your identity and all those kinds of things. Right? God says you know, that I will give you life to the full in that verse. Life abundantly, depending on your translations, right? An abundant, an abundant, full life does not describe one that is of somebody who's weak and discouraged and, and, and not sure why they're even alive. And, and get back to strong, right? Do whatever you gotta do to get there. Strip it out of your life. Is anybody else inspired? I, I hope so. And then we see this next section of the letter in Hebrews 12, verses 14 through 28. Again, we don't have time to read all of those verses this morning. But, but basically, this entire section okay, just, just talks about um, the, how walking daily with God comes with a paradox of judgment and love. And, and, and again, a paradox, I, mean, I purposely chose that word, okay, because a paradox talks about an irony or an oxymoron, or it, it, it seems illogical, right, like they cancel out each other, and yet they both can be true. Okay, I, the, the paradox of judgment and love is that God is, is love, it is a part of his nature, it is not something that God does, it is who he is. But just like love, it's also God is also just. And so God is full of grace, but he's also full of wrath. And both are true. Even though they feel like they counteract each other, the reality is like that's the paradox, right? And how does that play out in our lives? Again, they don't go together, and yet they both are true. Again, in this section, there are three main ideas in this section, and they all come with a practical action step as well as a warning. And then after each of these verses, it gives you an action step, and it gives you a warning, and then it uses a few other verses to kind of illustrate what it gave you. And now, like I said, we don't have time to go through these one by one, and so we see on your outline, all three of them are there. And then under it is... Um, is some fill-ins that I'm not filling in for you. I'm giving you homework this week. We see the first one is in verse 14, where it says, work at living in peace with everyone, work at living a holy life, and those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Again, in that is an action step. There is a warning, and then I want you to ask God, what does this mean for my journey? The next one is in verse 15. He look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Again, that, you should notice that, right? That, it, that that bitterness troubles you, but it affects a lot of people. Hey, but again, what's the action step? What's the warning? What does it mean for my journey? The, the next one is in verse 25. Okay, hey, I hope you get the concept by now. Like I said, this is your homework. Okay, now, as we look at this, it all culminates again into into the end. Uh, but now, verse twenty-five again, this last one it says, "Be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking." Notice the one is capitalized. Okay, because it is it is a noun. Okay, it is a name. Okay, and the one is the one true God. And again, we need to confirm that it is God's voice that is talking to you. Okay, in fact, that's, I'm, I'm cheating for you. That's part of the action step. Okay, make sure it's God's voice. Make sure that it's God that is disciplining me and not the enemy that's deceiving me. And, and again, use John 10.10 to filter that. But then once you know it's God, don't refuse to Listen. All right, and at that point, once you know it's from God, then it's a matter of obedience. All right, it's not an act of faith anymore. Now it's obedience. an action step, warning, and what it means for my journey. And, and this section, this kind of all wraps up in this paradox, right, of God's love and God's judgment, which leads me to my final thought today, and that is the first, the last two verses of this section, okay, Hebrews twelve verses twenty-eight and twenty-nine where it says, since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. Right? That's the paradox we live in. Right? Is we, we worship God with fear and awe, all at the same time. Okay? For God is a devouring fire. That is a really cool description of God. What does God need to devour in your life today? Maybe he needs to devour the sin, right? That's holding you back. Maybe he needs to devour the hurt that that you are holding in your heart, that root of bitterness. Right? Maybe he needs needs to devour the discouragement, right? The 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 mental health, the the physical health, right? Maybe he's, what does God need to devour in your life today? Come to him with with fear and awe and let God burn in your life that devouring fire. Lord God, we praise you today that you are a devouring fire. God, we come to you in in awe and a righteous fear because God, you are God. Lord, you are the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end, you are the one true God. And Lord, we praise you today, Lord, for giving us Jesus, for giving us hope, God, for setting us free, for giving us a plan and a purpose in our life. God, help us as we go this week to live into our true identity as your child in everything we do, in every thought, in every action, in every attitude, in every perspective, in every conversation, in every invitation. Lord, in, in every task we complete, may you be glorified. Lord, as we go this week, we commit to be your child, to live into that identity every day, and to keep you number one in our lives, no matter what. Guide us, Lord, as we go this week, as we represent you well in this world, as we shine your light, and as we come back next week to celebrate together in our one service, Barbecue cup you be the glory we thank you for disciplining us we thank you for transforming us god we thank you for loving us enough to not leave us where you find us bring us closer to you as we go this week as we live out our faith in jesus name we pray amen